1: Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the No Bad Dog podcast with your host, Tom Davis. Took a week off, uh, did the whole dad thing. So, we had a, my wife and I had a child. It's an amazing uh, experience. So, we took a week off and uh, welcomed our first baby boy into the world. So, hope you guys had a good week and a good week so far today. It's Monday, getting back into the grind, getting back into the stuff creating content for you guys out there, posting, 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 helping you guys out as much as we can. So thank you guys so much for listening, following along. Appreciate you guys a lot. This is a podcast uh, with a r- unusual circumstance of a seven-month-old uh, purebred golden retriever that's actually aggressive. So you got like almost a puppy that's aggressive towards uh, their owner, and uh, the dog is actually like causing some damage. We're not talking about just snarling. We're talking about actually... Mm, you know, really biting and going after. So we talk about why these things happen, the relationship that causes these types of behaviors and the things that they need to be doing to uh, make their dog more successful in the future. Also, this podcast does end uh, kind of abruptly because I ran out of memory. On my card, and so anyway, I, my most important thing is obviously working with my clients, and then secondary to that is recording this podcast for you guys. So I didn't stop everything and then get another card and all that stuff. So I finished with them, but still a lot of really great information about uh, the approaches and and the things that they need to start doing, and more importantly, why do dogs get to this point? really excited about this one hope you guys like it i'm going to be answering your dog training questions at the end so make sure you guys listen to the end and i'll be answering some of your some of my listeners you guys the dog the no bad dog army if you guys want me to answer your dog training questions, all you guys have to do is go over to the iTunes review chart and leave your review. If you're listening on Spotify, leave a review anyway, but unfortunately, you can't actually type things out on Spotify. So, uh, appreciate the support. That's the only thing that I would ask of you guys is as you're listening to this, we do it absolutely for free. Do me a solid favor, like this, review it, give me that support, help us grow, help us fight the good fight out there and help dog owners. Um, Also, my USA and my UK tour tickets are now available. Link is in the description. I think we have one UK working spot left, which means we have one spot in the United Kingdom right outside of London that you guys can bring your dog. We have, I think, one of those left. We have a lot of... Uh, audit spots left for, for the UK so if you guys are looking to come and hang out and ask your questions and watch me train all these dogs and get to know some people in the UK that are also doing similar dog work, last time we came over it was it was amazing, a lot of dog trainers and a lot of dog people got to meet and they're still friends and working together to today, so it's a big meetup. it's a lot of fun same thing in the US, we're doing a full US tour from the east coast to the west coast, um, we have some working spots, we have some seminars that we're doing in Florida and LA and Texas. And I know the LA spots are all sold out. But all of that information is in the link below. Um, And uh, I'm so excited for that. And we're also coming out with a brand new course. It's a Kickstarter course, where I work with so many behavioral cases. And I work with so many different problems, uh, you know, all over the country, all over the world. And I created a course to help people when they get a dog, whether it's a puppy, or it's a new dog, or you adopted a new dog. I created a course where you guys need to begin, where you need to start. So it's literally like my specialty is behavior modification with anxious, nervous, reactive, aggressive dogs. I created a course that counters all of why all these behaviors are created. So at first we were talking about a puppy Kickstarter course, but then we realized this course is great for everybody. That's coming out this month. I'm really excited about that. I think it's just going to be I think like 120 bucks or something like that. It's going to be super cheap. Uh, I think it's going to be an hour and change. Uh, we put some different effort into this one to make it more coursey. Um, so anyway, really excited about that. Stay tuned. Again, link in the description below for all the UK tickets and the US tour tickets. Let's get into the podcast. Why don't you guys just start off by telling me, you know, the whole spiel and what's going on
0: sure well that is kind of the bottom line um she is a seven month old golden retriever uh got her back in february um we got her when she was 10 weeks old directly from the breeder um she's really a sweet dog i would say like 90 percent of the time she's pretty good and um you know it's it's good but she she's just continued to bite and i think initially we thought oh she's being mouthy because she's a retriever and she's a puppy and that's how they sort of learn things and then her baby teeth fell out, and we thought, okay, the big teeth are coming in now, and so she'll sort of learn that. And then she just kind of, it kind of never took with her. And we, we did all of the things that you could possibly read about on the internet to discourage that, everything from positive reinforcement to telling her no firmly to, you know, spraying the sour apple spray to pinning her down to uh, doing the timeout and leaving the room and ignoring her. Um, kind of the whole thing and really Mm -hmm. nothing, just nothing really stuck. Um, I think like it's weird because I think what really kind of the thing that really sort of freaked me out a little bit was when she started doing this more and more, she was like um, showing her front teeth and she was sort of like curling her, her, like wrinkling her nose. And so I began kind of thinking, Oh my gosh, is she aggressive? Should I be really worried about this? Um, She hasn't, Uh, made me bleed but she's definitely put a lot of like really intense bruises all over me Um, ones that take like weeks to heal
2: she definitely prefers the forearm She's uh, Amanda's got bruises all over her forearm but there's been a couple of times where we tried to hold the leash up and hold her away when she freaked out and she went up for Amanda's wings kind of it felt like a predatory thing Uh, she left some really tough bruises on the back of her triceps a couple of times
0: yeah So I think um, it doesn't, we try to figure out what sort of sets this off. Um, And I would say definitely one thing is when she's being corrected, if we're pulling her away from something that she's biting or eating or not supposed to do, then she kind of gets mad. And it's almost like she's acting out of frustration or, you know, anger with us. Um, And then other times it's almost like she gets too into play and doesn't know how to calm down. And I think in both cases, when she does start biting, she sort of gets like, wound up in this state where we just can't like we can't calm her down um and so that's kind of that's been our biggest challenge i would say
2: a little bit of the breaking news is that like within the last week i started putting the slip lead on i was really nervous about using the slip lead because of the potential to misuse it um but i started holding the slip lead sort of straight up and telling her to sit and just sort of holding it there until she did and immediately letting go i think our technique could probably use some work but it has shown some early results. I guess a lot of our question is, is that the right way to communicate to her? This is not allowed. Um, are there some other methods? And, and then my worry, as Amanda said earlier, like we tried everything, but my frustration became sort of, it felt like we were jumping from one, you know, YouTube solution video to the next, which made me f- afraid that we were kind of confusing her and, and sort of encouraging the behavior and, and, my real fear is solidifying the behavior. So that's, that's where we're
1: at. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that these are all fair and normal uh, things that you guys should be concerned about. I mean, but I, I think it's normal. Anybody, even me, if I'm having trouble with anything, I'm YouTubing until I get the results. I'm like, yeah, that didn't work. Yeah, that didn't work. Yep, that makes sense. That works. Um, and so that's normal. I, I, you know, I wouldn't be discouraged about that at all. But I would say, you know, there, there, so there's two different. I think that there's two different kind of paths that that, that this kind of goes down. The first thing is um, maybe three, but there's like genetics is something I immediately would would want to talk about just because historically dogs, um, because your dog is so young at seven months, and this has been going on pretty much from the get. And then it kind of progressionally got more serious, obviously, as the dog gets older for how strong and big the teeth are now. And I think that that's there's nothing you could do about it, A, like at all. But these are just things that you can – I think it's – I mean, in a way – for me, it would be like, okay, we didn't do anything wrong or whatever, but it could be like a genetics thing. And I know that if you just ask the breeder, like, hey, what's going on? They would probably say, oh, we haven't seen this before, you know, try this. And yeah. and that happens often a lot of breeders and it could be true. And that's not to take away from the breeder at all. It could be true. Um, we see that a lot when we have uh, like local shepherds, there's like local shepherds that just keep breeding and breeding and breeding. And as trainers and as professionals, we are like, you need to stop breeding these dogs because it's not a rarity of like one dog comes in. It's like every single dog in the litter is coming in for behavior modification because they're just nasty. And anyway, so that's the first thing that I would say is like, mm, there's got to be some genetics potentially going on. Um, like I said, I would maybe revisit that conversation with the, with the breeder and, or if you have, if you haven't to, to be in touch with anybody else, It just, and it's not going to help you. It's just going to say, okay, like, these are things that are happening, but that's, again, that's besides the point. But as a professional, I'm, I'm talking to you like, I would talk to anybody else. Like, Hey, that's weird. You know, you get a seven month, seven month old, first of all, continuing to be aggressive. And then it's a golden retriever. Interesting. So those are two things that are kind of like, you know, kind of yellow flags. I wouldn't say red flags, but I'd be like, Oh, that's a little weird. So I, I dig into that a little bit, but not that it, not that it helps. Um, and then the other thing is, is how? Like you said, is it can be overwhelming for dog owners to be kind of scowling the internet and trying to figure out what's going to work and and what's not and and obviously you you popped up on my channel and we're talking for a reason and you know I try to I try to give people realistic it's not it's not even like me sitting in front of a camera in a studio with one dog that I've been training for six months saying hey this is how to train a dog in my opinion it's like a dog owner coming in that's an absolute mess that really needs help and I'm like all right let's just start so. So so you guys know my style. It's really like on the fly. Like, let's just make this work and let's see what's realistic. I mean, we can all talk about rainbows and butterflies and have, have a thing that says, well, we should do this. And here's a, here's your homework. I mean, let's just really assertively handle this situation. So you just have to be careful when you're dealing with this at this age only because – it could get dangerous. You know, you get a seven month old dog. This is, uh, starting to become an adult. And so the biting can get more severe and people could get more hurt. So I, my point by saying that is, is part of me wants to say, yeah, you, you need to correct the behavior. Um, but the other kind of hint that you've been hinting at is you started with a slip leash recently, which wants me to ask the question of, uh, so going back to what I said, there's two splits forget genetics that's not that's not part of the two splits but that's a that's something i want to talk about the split goes like this it's either an aggressive dog by nature so it could be genetics i guess where it happens and you have to you have to work with it and then the other split is the dog so your relationship with your dog is also the other side of how much has this dog gotten away with realistically and what are you doing to enable the dog's behavior and so I see this oftentimes where we have a dog that's never been told no seriously, never been corrected seriously. And what that means is is when when you – so dogs don't speak English, obviously. They speak uh, body language and, and pressure, and um, you can't look at them and say, hey, buddy, I'm really upset that you did this. And the dog goes, oh, sorry, won't do that again. What do you want me to do different? It doesn't work like that. Dogs are very assertive and and a lot like kids when they're doing bad behaviors, in a sense, you're all standing around um, with your neighbors and all of a sudden one kid comes up with a glass of milk and goes to throw it on somebody else, on another kid. And then what do you do as a parent? You immediately run over and grab that and you say, hey, what are you doing? That's not, that's not. So that's the type of assertiveness that you need to have with dogs when they're doing something that you want to discourage. We don't do that. And it doesn't matter if it's a glass of milk or it's 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 a glass of battery acid. How no matter how, what end end of the spectrum it is. So if it's biting or it's peeing on the rug or it's not giving something back or not coming when called, dogs typically. And my job is to isolate and give you the breakdown of what is working, what is working out there in the dog world, what is working for clients, what is working in in reality. And dogs just do really good with being assertive, but. You're at a point now where the dog is maybe past the point of like, I run the show, and you don't. And so now we're going to fight. So I'm going to build from the ground up here. When you're asking her to do obedience, let's say she has a sit and a place and a stay or a heel, any behaviors, when you ask her to do something, I mean, what do you do to enforce something if the dog says, I, I don't, I'm not doing that. I mean, how does that, how does it look?
0: Um, it kind of depends. We've started using a martingale collar. Um, and that's been really helpful for like, for walking with healing.
2: Let's go back to like the beginning of the problem. We had a flat collar for the last three and a half months. mm -hmm. Um, we often didn't have it on inside. If we'd say something and she wouldn't do it, we'd go over to her and start to handle her to, you know, put her in the right place. And and that's where a lot of the, the bad fights started sure. because I felt like she didn't like it. And two, it required some more, more activity on our part to see it through. Um, and that's where I think the slip lead and the Martin Hill collar have helped. Um, and so to your point about have we sort of reinforced some some bad behaviors on her part by, you know, not not seeing it through the right way. Was that, did yeah, that answer the
1: question? It does. That's, that's where I was getting at is oftentimes dogs who feel like they can, you know, it's basically like punching your mom and dad in the face. I mean, it's like, I'm just going to fight you about it. Or, or, I am, you know, maybe in, in human human world, it'd be like, I'm just not going to listen to you and I'm going to take it a step further. And maybe I'll yell back at you when you tell me to do something. I'm just going to have so much disrespect for you and I'm not going to have any, any filter on me. That's Ooh, maybe that was a mistake or Ooh, maybe I shouldn't have done that or, you know, whatever. So that, that's, that's what I was saying. Like that two, that two path thing. And, and that's why I was wondering is because sometimes dogs get to this point because they haven't been ever really been told no effectively. Like there's there hasn't been a correction that really, she goes, Oh shit. Like my bad. I'm, I'm sorry. was, you know, really kind of like gets her attention. And that's where I start to see this behavior. So that's like a very common thing for dog owners. They go, um, or, or, or this is common too. um, when we see a lot of, uh, like a positive only dog that comes through our camp where they've literally been either distracted by food, rewarded for bad behavior, and has never been told no or punished. And it creates the same thing it would create with a human. Like imagine a positive only human being created and how much, how much respect and how much structure and how much. How much, and and I don't want to say fear, but there there's a there's a certain level of responsibility we have as human beings that are responsible for a other humans such as kids, nieces, nephews, or our dogs that we love the most. And if you don't really follow, and this is this is my opinion, but I I know that this also is applicable to many dogs out there because I've seen it hundreds of times. We've documented it, and it's it's a process that i i just see over and over again where if there's no i don't want to get in trouble like if that doesn't exist or what happens if i if if you tell me to sit and then i say no and then you give me a little pressure and i come up and try to take half your arm off what are you going to do about it oh well let's get the treat bag out or you know it's 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 crazy and so we see that often uh, happen unfortunately and and that's why i was wondering is how much actual um how much actual structure and how much discipline and how much, and I mean, the real word that uh, that we should be focusing on is accountability, like realistic accountability. When we ask a, so I'll lay it out like this is, so when you have a, when you have a dog that think about it like this, this is the way I see it. it is from day one, we're like, let's say we're introducing the sit in the place and we say, what's your dog's name? Winnie. Winnie. So we say we, we teach sit. Winnie he knows sit, we say when he sit. When he sits, good. And then let's say we're outside and there's a distraction, and we say Winnie he sit, and when he's like nope, not sitting. There's a bird, and we say it again, and we say it again, and we say it again, and we say it again. Now multiply that by other behaviors. When he place, nope, distraction. Nope, distraction. When he come, nope, distraction. Times, as many times as you do that throughout the day, times as many times as you do that throughout the week, and months, and so on and so forth. So what ends up happening is is the dog, two big things I think happens, is the dog understands that when you, as a, as a handler or as an owner, ask the dog to do something, and they don't want to do it, and they just go, no, I'm not doing it, and you go, hmm. And, and, then, and then you just, the, the worst case scenario for this dog is you're going to ask the dog to do it again and that's it. So, so the consequence or the accountability is very minimal for the dog, right? So then the dog will start to, so what ends up happening is, is your behaviors to the dog starts, they start to dilute, right? They start to, eh, when mom and dad asked me to do something, eh, is there treats? Mm, is there anything else going on that? Okay. Yeah, sure. I'll do it. But so, so that's the first part of kind of getting a dog that behaves like this, in most cases, without genetic problems. Like historically, this is what the, the roadmap usually looks like. And so again, times that times the months and whatever. And so when you ask the dogs to do something, so that's your relationship. So we say, Winnie, sit. The dog's like, eh, what are you going to do if I don't ask me again? Nah. Yeah, I'm not sitting. Don't feel like it. When he come, yeah, no. And and this is a common thing and this is where, you know, all I do is behavior modification. So by like studying this clinically over and over again, by somebody who has experience with working with these dogs, not just a science experiment in a room full of a bunch of people who have never handled a dog. This is somebody who is boots on the ground. Okay. and, this is like the roadmap that typically happens is we let our dogs get away with stuff. And I'm not talking about teaching a dog sit. We go, Hey, they've never heard this word before sit. And then they don't. And then we correct them. And they're like, what the hell? That's stressful. It's not fair. It doesn't make any sense. But as time goes on, we have to understand that dogs uh, are naturally, I think very opportunistic, much like, you know, humans can be right. Like little kids, like toddlers. I don't want to right? So again, that's where like the relationship starts. And so the lack of accountability can, in some dogs, it's worst case scenario is your dog's not going to listen to you. They just don't listen, which still isn't a great relationship. But in some cases, if you guys really need the dog to do something, they just don't have that respect. They don't have that accountability. Essentially, there's just been nothing done if I decide to say not to do it. And then what ends up happening between the, the ages of four to seven months as the dog gets bigger is is you guys get frustrated and then you put more pressure on and you you get more frustrated and the dog can hear it in your voice. The dog can feel it on the the, the leash. And then they, and then they kind of, they see, you see the kids on like, I don't know, back in the day it was like Mari where they just talk. They're just brutally disrespectful and have no uh, appreciation or none of that because they've just gotten away with so much for so long. And, and typically that's kind of like the roadmap that I see, and if that's the case for you guys that's probably what's happening and so if you just invested into a slip leash now or in the last three months or whatever you said it was um that's a good start, but you have to remember that if you haven't held your dog accountable for that long it's push it's push back and push back and push back and push back and then when you're like hey man I, Winnie, you need to you need to come over here and, draw. and she turns around and she grabs at the leash and she grabs at you and you kind of jump back and she's like don't tell me what to do get out of here this is my room or this is my bone or this is you know whatever and and that's because over time we've just let the dog kind of push and push and push and get away with and get away with and they'd become a huge brat i mean that's just what happens does that make sense
2: it does. Yeah, it does. I'm convinced. I've been convinced that she's just a brat. She. It feels very much like she's she's been very comfortable talking back to us for the last few months. Yeah. And like I said, it was a week we put the slip lead on about maybe two weeks ago, and, and I have seen a difference in her. And so it feels right. like there's just a consistency issue as well as a proper way of conveying to her that whatever you're doing right now is not allowed.
1: Accountability. Yep.
0: I think my my biggest question is like I'm fully on board with this, and it, it sounds very logical, and I understand it. I think what is the best way to tell her no? Um,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's like I think the missing piece for a lot of dog owners, right? I think I think the majority of humans that live on this planet understand like. Yeah. I mean, accountability, right? It doesn't matter if it's my kid or if I'm a manager or I'm a boss. I mean, there's got to be accountability. We can't just, hey, I need you here by eight and your employee shows up at 930 and you're like, what are you doing? And if that continues to happen, not only are you not going to be able to do what you need to do as a business, but- they don't have any respect for you. They're not going to listen to you when you say, take out the trash. They're not going to do it. So it kind of goes into this whole thing. So I think, like you said, everybody's on board with like, yeah, that makes sense. Accountability. That's how we all grew up. I mean, it's it, it's part of our lives. It's part of our everyday lives. We don't run stop signs. We don't speed. There's accountability with everything that we do. And so it's how do we do it? Humanely, effectively, efficiently, safely, etc. These are the questions. I think this is the missing piece. And that's why I focus so much on advocating for, you know, proper training and proper tool use. Because there's not because as a dog handler, it's really easy for me to get a slip out and use it with a dog and just tune things up And the dog's like, Yeah, I got it. This guy knows his timing. He takes no shit. You know, he becomes the strict uncle. They're so much different, you know, with me. And then we hand the leash back over. And this person, a, has got, has lo- has their dog gotten away with so much, and b, they're not a professional, so their timing isn't going to be good. So when we talk about accountability, what's the best way to give a dog a correction or uh, or enforcement to something? Is you start so think about it right now as a big hole, as a big macro. I would talk about micro macro, big macro. Okay. Right now, the problem is, is our dog doesn't listen to us. We don't hold the dog accountable. There's no respect. There's no fear of getting in trouble. There's just, I'm going to do what I want. Get out of my way. And so we got to, st- but that that has blossomed like a flower. That seed was planted very young. Hey, Winnie, place. Nope. Okay. Uh, Winnie, come over here and sit. Nah. Okay. Uh, and And... Right there is where it started to blossom. It's like yeah, I just get away with anything, and it's, now it's gotten worse. So, so it's become this because of that foundation. Now you have to go back down to the foundation. So here's what you do: you start holding the dog accountable for very small things. So you're not just going to immediately tackle uh, the dog like going after you. Let's let's go get the dog pissed off and have her come at have her come at us, and let's just hit it head on. What you want to do okay. is start working on incremental breakdowns of the of why it's there. Why why was this created, right? Where can we get to the core of the problem? The core of the problem is simple. It, it, it has started from the lack of accountability for very minor things in the beginning, and the dog has got, gotten used to that. So you go back down and we start doing, the, we get a bag of treats, we get your slip leash for now, we could talk about other pieces of equipment in the future, maybe a prong collar or something like that. And and these are tools of the trade, right? So you show up, if you're a contractor, you show up to a a job with different pieces of tool. Yep, you got a hammer. You may have a little screwdriver, but you also have a screw gun because it's more efficient. Things like this. These are tools of the trade. But you're not just going to show up to a job site, throw your hammer and throw your screw gun out of the car and say, oh, it's done. We built the house. No, these are tools that are being used by you, right, as the craftsman, if you will. Okay? So... You're going to be using your tools to help communicate and to help build a better relationship. And so we're going to get the treat bag out for a reward. We're going to get the slip leash out. It's nice and snug right behind her ears. And we're going to go up and we're going to, and she's going to be like, ooh, food, cool. We're going to say, Winnie, sit. And if she sits, you're going to pay her. Yes, good sit. Good job. Okay. And then you're going to say, stay. Just, I mean, if you have implied sits, it's the same thing. But essentially, if you have stay, you do stay. This is the first step of going. So the first step is saying stay and then walking away. But the bigger picture is, Winnie, you need, to, you need to do something for me right now. She's like, okay, I know, stay. But you're going to be held accountable if you decide to just walk off because you're not getting paid or you're not getting what you want. So you put her, Winnie sit, good, sit. When he stay, you start walking away. She's, she looks at her internal watch. She says, eh, it's been four seconds too long. I'm ready to get up. Boom. Pressure. You correct her. No. Sit and she's going to look at you and go huh, "really?" and that's where you and and then you you do this with a lot of things and that's how you start flipping the script. You don't just go head in and go, oh you got food aggression, let's work on this" or you got with in your case it's it's it, like you said it's kind of like a bratty thing. So you start off with this incremental rebuild, right? Like you're basically reconstructing reconstructive your your relationship and you're remodeling things and and so it's it's a basic format of i'm going to ask you to do something very simple with a reward that's going to be involved that you can smell, see and maybe hear it's there so it's going to, so there's not going to be too much frustration going on and then you're going to hold her account you're going to push the limits a little bit and hold her accountable So other things can be like go to the place, right? So same thing. You teach her to go to her bed. You say, Winnie, place. She goes to her bed. You have the leash on. You pay her with treats. You say, sit. She looks at you and says, "Mm -mm." boom, correction. So you hold her accountable. But the the most important thing I can add, and I've already mentioned this, but I'll replug it, is you you don't want to correct a dog for a behavior that they don't know well. The only time that you would correct a dog for a behavior that they don't know they're doing is wrong is if it's dangerous for anybody. So if they're coming at you, yeah, they're getting corrected. They're getting punished for that. Um, If they're going absolutely batshit crazy towards another person for no apparent reason and being aggressive, yeah, they're getting corrected. But when we talk about these other things, when I say sit and place and stay, these are things that she's got to know first. So what is her obedience like? And and I know you're going to say, well, if nothing's going on or if she feels like listening, she does these things. So what does she know right now?
2: She knows sit, stay, place really well. Perfect. Um, she'll do stay out in the yard. Uh, when I throw something, she'll she'll often wait for me to, to allow her to go get it, which impresses the shit out of me. I've never had a dog that was able to do that.
1: Nice. Huh? So what? build on that. That's all you need to. That's all I need to know. Build on that. So you're gonna. So if if the basic stuff is really easy, make it harder. Your job right now is to test her, and you're gonna say, place. She's gonna go over You're gonna have the leash on the slip. You're gonna take it, you're gonna take her favorite ball, you're gonna throw it across the room as she's in the place. She's gonna go, ooh, boom, correction. Nope. mm Place is place, stay is stay. You don't move until I release you. Or you'll take some treats, might be more scalable. Do you just start chucking some treats out? You you bring it right to her like this, and then you throw it. She's gonna go, ooh, correction. Nope. What do you what are you doing? You can't, you have to so the break come in. You have to be released by me. You can't just do things. Because that's why she's 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 reacting. She's not thinking. So when she gets frustrated with you guys in particular, she's coming up on the leash and she's snapping and she's biting because she just has gotten away with it. It's just it's just evolved and it's gotten worse and it's escalated into this whole thing. So anyway, does that make sense?
2: It does. Okay. We've never introduced the break command to her in any sort of effective way. Um,
1: so it's simple. It's it's a it's voice inflection. That's all you're gonna do. Your break command is is a very simple release. So you just go break. So in a perfect world, when he place, when he sit, when he stay, break, and you just you you kind of move your body with her in a motion, like a forward motion of like, okay, we're done. It's free. Uh, you could say free. Doesn't matter. But but you have to. But th- this is what I'm saying is, is she doesn't have clear starting points. She doesn't have clear boundaries. She doesn't know. What she should or should not be doing. You know what I mean? And these are things that you guys should be like, hey, I, we're going to, hey, listen, Winnie, we're going to set things straight here. Okay. We're going to get things figured out. I want you to, you know, th- th- this is what we're doing. And you just start holding accountable. And that's where I would start with this. Because if we are correct about our assumptions of she's being a, it's very simple. She's being a brat because she's gotten away with everything for so long humans are like that. Dogs can be like that. Um, no accountability, no structure, no discipline, um, just creates that naturally is, you know, I'll, I'll just do what I want because mm, I've never been corrected before. I've never been punished. I've never been in trouble. I've just gotten away with everything. And that's, you know, that's where you guys have to, you know, start, start re revamping that you
0: recommend with, um, so I guess at this point I'm like, after she like went after me about two weeks ago, I've been like very skittish to take her on walks just because I'm afraid she's going to do it again. Um, do you have any recommendations for, like, if we happen to be walking and she gets into one of her tantrums, um, like, how I can handle that?
1: Well, I think what you should do is you should figure out... I mean, really, you shouldn't... I don't want to set you up for failure, so I wouldn't want you to really like bring her out unless you're fully prepared to handle situations. Cause that's why she is the way she is is because she's just gotten a, She's gotten away with so much stuff that, you know, she, and that's what you don't want to do. You don't want to step backwards. Right. So, um,
2: a good I, hadn't, I hadn't really considered that that way. I, I hear you,
1: but yeah, well hey. no, no training is better than bad training. So, you know, if you're, yeah. If you're trying to go out and re re reestablish a a better relationship with your dog and you know that you're going to be setting yourself up for failure by like, hey, if she loses her mind right now, I don't... So that's where you just have to feel comfortable enough to do it and go out there and and start messing around with her because that's, I mean, that's what it's about is like regaining control.
2: We've got a couple of areas in the yard that uh, have contributed to her losing her mind there's a ditch that she's dug that anytime we try to pull her away from it she loses it uh she likes to eat our mulch liner and she's trying to poop it out and get stuck Uh, how do you is there a way that other than the leash because sometimes i like her running in the backyard because it's it gets her tired out and it it makes her somewhat pliable um we we keep the leash on her um but is that you do to to convey this is not an area that you're allowed in
1: well right now to me it doesn't seem like you guys have really any control so i think once you guys like so for my dog or if i'm working with the dog and i go ah ah," they're like oh okay but what you know right now you just don't have any control so so i i think that that's a little bit you know past you know where you guys are at right now um you know i think it's just a little too much uh to ask of her currently Because she's so, so, so no, because again, like I don't like right now, I don't want to set you guys up for failure. I want you guys to be as successful as you possibly can. And I want you guys to make sure that you're not putting her into situations that are setting you up for failure. And I feel like, you know, that could be, that could certainly be uh, one of those situations where if you're telling her, no, leave it. And she's like, make me. And you're like, I can't, so again, like accountability is going to be really big for you guys and making sure that you're, yeah, because you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to step backwards in your, in your relationship with her. You want to make sure that you're, you know, holding her accountable. And, and so, you know, if that means keeping her on a long line to make sure that you can hold her accountable, that's what it means. Um, okay. so yeah, there's, is I mean, in the what's that?
0: Is that for in the house too? Like, can we leave the slip lead on her
1: in the house? Yeah, as long as you guys are home, you can leave it on. You could also get two slip leashes and cut one to make it a tab leash and hang on to it so it's not hanging down too much. But anytime, like, she's out in the yard and she's running around, like, you got to remember right now, it's you guys got to move in a step forward each time. So if she's running around and she gets into bark or she gets into you know, anything that you don't want. You go, Winnie, leave it. Winnie, come. And she flips you off. And there's no accountability. That's just taking you a step back. So all the work that you just did inside and you progressed one step forward, one step back, and you don't want to do that. So just be mindful of this. Anytime you say her name or you talk to her, you tell her, excuse me, what she can and can't do. And she then flips you off or says, no, make me, I'm not doing it. And you go, Nope. I'm walking away. You know, so anytime, anytime that you, you know, don't cry wolf, essentially don't say something unless you're really going to follow it through because that's what confidence is about with dogs too. So you got to have a better confident relationship with her. Like you really got to make sure when you ask her or you tell her to do something that it's meaningful and it means something to her. And, you know, right now, Again, she doesn't have a lot of confidence in you likely because when you say something, she's like, I'm not doing that for you. It's like anything else, right? It's like a friend. It's like any relationship. You're going to show up. You're going to show up. Yeah, I'll be there. And they never show up. You're like, I, I don't trust you anymore about that, you know? And so it's the same thing with dogs. So in the house, I would be leaving the slip on. But again, be you guys have to be in the beginning, in the first two weeks, You have to, because right now you, you going, no, leave it. Uh -uh." Doesn't mean anything. There's no backing, literally zero right now from, from what I've been told. Right. So when you say winning, no, she's like, yeah, she's laughing at you. And once you start reversing that and go, no, I'm holding you accountable for this. There is repercussions for this. You can't just do that you know, and, and the reason why we're being so strict and the reason why we care so much. And the reason why we have to change this is because I don't want you to have to get rid of her. You get rid of a golden retriever that has a, that has a potential bite history that goes to the wrong home that's, Oh, let's get a golden retriever. It's a young dog. Great. They get the dog and it bites a kid or they, and then boom, the dog gets put down. And it's like, so my point is, is, um, you don't want to kill them with kindness. You want to make sure that you're Leading with love and leadership is that love. And so you have to be, very, you know, just like with kids, right? They start spiraling out of control. They start hanging out with the wrong people. They start doing the wrong things. You have to come down because you care. You're like, hey, I'm serious about this. So anytime that you're with her in the next two weeks to a, four weeks to a month, you have to make sure when you tell her something, that information, you go, Winnie, I'm asking you to do something. And if she has an opportunity to say, look, you're right in the face. You go, nope. You have to be do you have to immediately hold her accountable? And that will change everything with you and your dog. I've done it thousands of times and it's brilliant to see. And that's where dog owners are like, oh my God, I don't understand. It's like, well, it's because you've diluted your relationship a thousand times a month. And for the first time, I just hold your, held your dog accountable for something and they immediately respected me for it. So in the house, same thing. And then outside, I get a long line or just be careful and selective about, like you can, so what I would do, is like Winnie's maybe getting into something. You can say, hey, Winnie, come on, come on, come on, and maybe run the other way. Instead of saying, Winnie, come. All right, you guys, we have reached the end of the podcast, which means I'm going to be answering your Dog training questions. So we're gonna get right into it. First one uh, is from Trish, the Wheaton mom. No questions, just praise. I've watched your YouTube videos for years, but only recently discovered your podcast and literally can't stop listening. Your YouTube videos highlight your amazing skills visually, but your podcast gives an even more amazing insight on how you skillfully problem solve each unique situation while at the same time relaying this relaying this information to struggling dog owners. On how ununique our situations really are, it's an insight into how you dissect the details and give the dog dysfunctional and t- and tailor a plan for a meaningful relationship change throughout understanding the micro and the macro. I'm an empty nester with two fixed male wheat and terriers. Needless to say, I've lived with the stress of a dif- dysfunctional relationship due to the lack of true leadership for the past five years. And uh, an episode after. In episode after episode, your podcast focuses on relatability to dog owners just like me, which helps remove some of the shame and replaces it with the resolution. It gives us the tools and empowers us to take control effectively and leads our dog through obedience and structure and foundation and incremental change. There's a Seth Gooding quote that I feel somewhat sums up your approach you want from your listeners. You don't have to be perfect. Just start. Just start. Is getting is getting started going to be messy? Yes. Is it uncomfortable? Yes. Is it going to be damn hard? Yes. But it's also going to be a worthwhile journey when tangible results begin to come into focus. Your podcast is nothing short of amazing. It gives us dog owners like me hope. And it gives us insight. We desperately need to change our relationship with dogs and begin the process of becoming multidimensional. Thank you. I've already begun seeing this the start of real engagement, and I'm just getting started. I'm very excited. So no, I don't have a question. I have 100 questions. And for that reason, I'm going to continue to listen to your podcast so I can find the answers because you've given so many to me already. Thanks again. Well, thank you so much, um, Trish. I really appreciate that those kind words. Um, very, very thoughtful of you to take the time out to, to do that for me and, and I, I'll take all that to heart and I really appreciate it so thank you so much for being a supporter and being part of the No Bad Dog Army. Best dog trainer I've learned from BCORI30. Thank you so much for helping us create the better relation the best relationship with our dogs. Your YouTube channel helped me get both of my dogs to walk better on leash and improve my dog's discipline. I do have a question. I have an Australian Shepherd Bulldog Harley and a Corgi Gus. My Australian Shepherd is a very reactive dog and he has been trained pretty well and listens to almost everything perfectly except for fence aggression. I got my Corgi 3 years ago and he had a resource he he has a resource guarding issue and it's led to several fights because he will attack Harley if they take any attention away from a human giving the other dog the attention. Since the problem occurred, why since the problem occurred, we have created the boundaries to reduce but not eliminate the problem. But I'm noticing Harley is now getting aggressive with other dogs when we when we previously were friendly and playful with most dogs. The biggest issue is fence aggression. What strategies can I use to stop both of them from charging the fence every time we go out? Harley is now at the point where he has broken through a border at my parents and almost at our home. Any tips? I would just say, Corey, to start working on the problem. So figure out what dog is the problem. And with that dog, I would start working on the things that are going to be helpful to you to be successful and a lot of these things are going to be recall and leave it likely so if your dogs are out in a fence and there's other dogs walking by your job is to very simply be able to you're not going to be able to stop the other dogs from walking through but what you're going to be able what what you're going to be able to do is you're going to be able to use obedience to recall the dog off these environments and off these situations so You're not going to be able to stop your dogs from like being engaged with these other dogs, but what you need to do is really walk them through and assert yourself in almost every situation in order to be successful. So, um, I hope that that makes sense, but that's, that's what you should be doing. You should be really going out and working on assertively. Okay, what do I need to do to be successful? If my dog is charging the fence, it's not, going to be likely for you to be able to stop that entirely. But what you could do potentially is you might be able to recall the dog. That's what I would be working on with a long line to get the dog back to you because that behavior is inappropriate. And then if you wanted to hang out by the fence uh, with the other dog, like literally just sit there as other dogs pass and work on your leave it and work on your no or whatever you need to do to be successful. Those are the other things that I would be doing. So you really just have to tackle each individual problem assertively The best that you can. Um, so anyway, I hope that that helps. All right. Thank you so much for the review. I appreciate it. Moving on to the next one question for my dog. So young three. Hi, Tom. I love your podcast and I've listened to every episode for my recent several months. I have a question. My dog is 26 pound terrier mix. That's three years old, reactive to other dogs. When I adopted her from the shelter in October, 2020, she already had the problem. I have trained her for several months and she showed a good progress so far. Now she is okay. When the other dog is 10 feet away and other dogs don't stare or bark at her. However, it is still difficult to complete or discourage the dog reactivity. One of the best, one of these conditions, 10 feet, no staring, no barking, are not satisfied. She becomes reactive and trying to rush the other dog. When I do meet other dogs, I'm trying to walk between my dog and other dogs. I say, uh uh-uh, uh, when she stares at the dog. I pop the leash at the same time. These methods work only when the other dog is calm and not far enough. I use many different equipment, such as front harnesses, gentle leaders, and martingales. Of course, a few days ago, I slipped to the slip leash, which of course is on the right behind her ears. With the slip, she seems to be, be more painful, but she's trying to attack the other dog. Should I use more effective equipment, such as a prong, or should I be doing what I'm done? My goal is to let her ignore the other dogs. Thanks, so young. Uh, so young. So I would, um, you can move to a prong, but really what this is, you got to remember that the prong and the equipment that you're using is is a product of your ultimate goal. So if you're showing up to a house and you want to build a house, you're not like, Hey, I have my nails and I have my screwdriver. So therefore I'm mad. The house is built. That's not the case. You still have to build the house. You still have to make sure that you are handling this dog with skill. So I would be I would go to so you're on my podcast, obviously, I would go and listen to the dog reactivity blueprint, I go over in very, very much detail, exactly how you should be working with this situation. um, Because we go over directional changes, body blocking, uh, drawback recalls, Um, we go over a lot of different things in order to help the dog overcome the issues that they're having. Um, but this is all like a handling thing. So remember, don't, I mean, the, the equipment is going to help the prong, the slip, all that stuff is going to be helpful, but it's not going to build your house. Right. So just remember that, um, I would recommend, excuse me, I would recommend to go out and listen to that podcast because I think it'll really, really, really be helpful, um, for you overall with all that. So, um, I would check that out. I know that just because I spent so much time literally doing that uh, podcast. And I've done it so many times. um, I think that that's going to be the most helpful thing for you at this point. So anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Remember, get your tour tickets in the description. Come support the No Bad Dog Tour. Come meet me, take pictures, buy merch, hang out, have a good time. I'll talk to you guys on Wednesday.